to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. In today's show, I'm going to address a mindset challenge that is really common amongst creative people. This is something that I've struggled with myself, and just this last weekend, I had a really great conversation with an old friend from my music days, shout out if he's listening to this podcast, and we talked about the same issue. So it's top of mind, and I know a lot of people can get stuck in this place, and I want to give you some tools to work through it, because... It can be really debilitating and it can stop you from doing the things that you need to do. And also it can just take all the fun out of fitness. So what is this mindset challenge? It is overthinking things. Now, overthinking is, as I see it, it's kind of a type of perfectionism. And really it comes out of two places. The first place is just not having enough context to know what's really important. And it's really easy to get stuck here because there's so much information about fitness. You can fall into like a million different rabbit holes and end up with tons of information that sometimes conflicts and it doesn't really help you be discerning about what is most important. So lack of context just due to too much information is one part of overthinking. Another part of overthinking, I think, comes from this place of anxiety or fear. It's worrying Either that we're going to waste time by chasing an approach that might be suboptimal or maybe worrying that we're going to do damage. At the gym, we might worry that we're going to get hurt with food stuff. We might worry that we're going to actually gain weight or some other issue. And in overthinking, we are attempting to exert some control over a situation that is inherently out of our control. Now, As someone who suffers from anxiety, this is something that I'm very familiar with, this kind of rumination about possible things that might go wrong in the future, thinking about them, going over different situations, mulling it over, just getting stuck in this terrible loop and not really getting any closer to solving the issue. And again, it's really an effort for our brains to try to exert some control and give us this illusion of safety. Unfortunately, when we get stuck in this overthinking, ruminating place, we actually like it's not very helpful. So it's first of all, it's not actually going to control the future. There are likely going to be things that we can't predict or can't understand at the current point in time. And it just makes us feel worse. It makes us feel like we don't know what we're doing. It makes us feel like the risks of taking action are too high and it keeps us feeling really stuck. So I want to give you a few different tools to approach overthinking in both of these areas. So first, let's address the issue of lack of context. Now, you might think if I say that you don't have a context to know it's important that I would tell you to go out and study more, watch more YouTube videos, watch reels on Instagram or TikTok, 
read blog posts, um, you know, wherever you get your fitness information. But in reality, if we're stuck in overthinking, we actually probably need to do the opposite. We need to stop the endless quest to find the perfect fitness plan or figure out the perfect um, cue or exercise to help us achieve our goals without any risk of pain or anything like that. We actually need to just put a pause on information gathering. We probably already know to some extent what is most important, or at least we know the first steps we need to take to achieve our goal. Now, overthinking can happen at any point in your journey. So you might not have even started yet, and you're just gathering information, researching, you know, getting deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole without taking action. But you might also be someone who's worked out consistently, and you've kind of gotten yourself to a place where maybe you need to change directions because you're transitioning from beginner to intermediate, and what you were doing wasn't working, or... Maybe you've noticed something in your body that has you concerned or there could be a variety of factors and you start overthinking after you've already been consistent. But in either option, the answer is not to go look for more information. What I encourage you to do is to really think what are like the most important essential things for me to focus on? And I'm going to give you a few now. I'm going to make it easy for you. So the first thing that's most important is just to keep showing up to train. Do something to move your body. I mean, if we're talking about just moving your body, ideally it's going to be every day, but that could just include walking. If we're talking about lifting weights, if you're new to training, we want to get you in there two to three times a week. If you're more experienced, um, at least two to three, if not three to four, just depending on your schedule. And we just need to keep you showing up and doing something. That's most important. Now, if you are interested in getting stronger, what we want is to pick just a few basic exercises. And by basic, I mean really basic. So a squat variation, some type of a deadlift, some type of row, um, push-ups or bench press or overhead press, something that feels good on your shoulders. Pick those movements and we just want to gradually try to do more intensity. Now, most of the time, that's going to mean increasing your weights. With some things like push-ups, you know, once you're doing push-ups on the floor, you're not necessarily going to add weight, but you might slow down the tempo or you might change your body position. There are a lot of different examples. But for the sake of simplicity, if we want to get stronger, we're going to pick just a handful of basic exercises and try to get stronger and stronger over time. We want to keep the reps a little lower, let's say three to six reps. So if you are consistently adding reps and then adding weight and then adding reps, etc., Within that three to six range on those basic exercises over time, you're going to be building strength. If we want to build muscle, we want to make sure that we have enough volume. So we want to make sure we're training each movement pattern like squat, uh, pull, push, etc. At least 10 sets per week divided up over your workouts. And if you're really struggling to build muscle, you need to also make sure you're eating enough food. And you might want to consider choosing exercises where you feel connected to the target muscle. So for example, if you don't really feel your glutes doing squats, but you do feel them doing, doing lunges, lunges would be a better exercise to build the glutes for you. Okay, so we don't need to go as heavy. We want to do a lot of sets in the 6 to 12 range, and we want to just continue to show up to train. Okay, those are like the most important things. Now, in terms of form, ask yourself, is this exercise causing me pain during or after the workout? If the answer is no, it's probably okay. Now, I do think that we should have a grasp of basic form. So if you've never lifted weights before and you have no idea what good form looks like, then yeah, maybe you should work with a coach or find you know a quality resource to, to get some demonstrations. And I'm happy to provide that if you need. Just go ahead and hit me up on Instagram. 
So we have like a basic idea of what good form looks like. So just as an example, we know that when we squat, we don't want our knees collapsing in like a lot. Okay. But I want you to keep this in mind. There is no perfect form on an exercise. Let me repeat that. There's no perfect form on an exercise. Every single human body is going to be a little bit different. Your joints are shaped differently. Your bones are a different length. Um, and you have different proportions. So some people have long legs and short torsos. Some people have um, short torsos and long legs. You know, uh, I just said that. The opposite, whatever. All of these things are going to affect your form. So if you're watching a YouTube video and your form doesn't look exactly like that person, there's no need to freak out about it. Um, for example, when I do demonstration videos, I am one of those people that has long legs and a short torso. And I have uh, a little bit of hypermobility in my hips. So when I demonstrate certain lower body movements, they look really different than when my clients do them who maybe have less hip mobility or who have shorter legs. But that doesn't mean that I'm trying to force my clients to look like me. Of course, I'm a coach with a lot of experience watching movement, but if you're watching yourself, you're going to get a sense of what is basically good enough for you. Beyond that, we really don't want to nitpick and get really mired in the details. So let me take this a step further with form because I know like, so with my uh, friend that I spoke to this weekend, we were talking about concern about, um, you know, avoiding injury. Obviously, if you're a musician or you work with your body, you're probably going to be hyper aware of certain things. If like you, me, you played trombone, like when I played, my left side was always a lot tighter than my right side. And that shows up when you go to the gym, it's going to be reflected in the exercise um, that you, in your performance on exercises. So if you're an overthinker, you might start to get really concerned about being imbalanced or feeling things differently from side to side. So a couple of things to keep in mind here. The first is that a pure 100% balance from side to side is not only not possible, it's not necessary. The thing I always like to tell people who are concerned about this is if you imagine how your internal organs are laid out, uh, they're not symmetrical, right? Some are on the left side, some are on the right. Your body is not built to be perfectly symmetrical. If you have a huge glaring discrepancy from side to side, that might be some cause for concern. But if one side is a little stronger or weaker than the other, that's normal and you don't need to freak out about it and you don't necessarily need to modify your training because of it. The other thing that I would encourage you to do is after you're not a beginner trainee, so you kind of have a little bit of sense of where your body is, we want to stop thinking about individual body parts and start thinking about overall performance. In coaching, there are two types of cues. So if I'm working with an in-person client and they're, I'm demonstrating an exercise for them, if they're really new, I might use what's called internal cues, which is where I direct their attention to a specific body part. So I might tell them to squeeze their glutes on a glute bridge. Or I might tell them um, to, I don't know, there's, but any, you know, pull your shoulder blades back together. I don't use a lot of internal cues, which is why I... Uh, had a little bit of a pause there to even think of some of them. So these can be helpful, again, when we have kind of poor connection with our body, which is normal if you've never really worked out or lifted weights. But once that connection improves, thinking about these individual body parts is actually really counterproductive. It's going to affect your performance, so you're not going to move as fast or as well or as strong. And also, it's just fueling this overthinking cycle because you are hyper aware of individual parts. And if something doesn't feel just right, you start to go down a rabbit hole worrying if something's wrong, things like that. So in time, what we want to think of is to shift to external cues. So 
And external cue, a lot of times they're going to use metaphors or they're going to have sort of like a whole body integration. So one of my favorite external cues is if someone is struggling to feel their lats on a row, I'm not going to tell them like, oh, engage your lats. I'm going to tell them, okay, when your elbows are back at your sides, I want you to imagine that you're smashing an orange in your armpit. If you practice that right now, if you visualize, you bring your elbows to your side so your arms are bent and you try to smash an orange in your armpit, I can almost guarantee that you're going to feel those lats, the muscles on the sides of your upper back. Without thinking about the lats themselves, the external cue just directs you in the right place. Another example of this would be like a box jump. So if I tried to coach someone to perform a box jump and I was like, okay, you know, reach your hips back and then you're going to flex your quads and flex your calves. And then when you land, you're going to, you know, reach your hips back again. Like that's too much stuff to think about because a box jump is supposed to be fast and explosive. Now, if I tell you, I want you to jump so high that you hit your head on the ceiling, all of those things are going to naturally happen. You don't need to think about which muscles are firing. You don't need to um, micromanage your body because your brain has got it. So again, once you've been training for a while, you've built a decent amount of strength, and even if you're just getting started, to be honest, if you have decent body awareness, we don't want to think so much about feeling this muscle, firing this muscle. You know, we want to think about these external cues. Again, if you want more help with this, send me a DM on Instagram because I have a ton of these that I can send your way. Or if you have just a specific exercise that you're struggling with, I might be able to give you one or two cues that will work. Now, if your main goal is building muscle, there will be times where we want to really feel certain muscles working. So, for example, if you're trying to build bigger biceps, um, there's not really an external cue that I'm going to give you. I want you to really try to feel that stretch on the bicep. But for most stuff at the gym, stuff that uses a lot of muscles at once, full body types of movements like squats and chin-ups, we want to get away from focusing on individual muscles and focus more on just expressing strength and movement External cues are a really great way to help with that. So again, one way that we struggle with overthinking or one reason rather that we struggle with overthinking is just not having enough context to know what's really important. So the first step is to stop the endless research on YouTube and the internet, okay? If it's not helping you, if it's making you feel trapped and confused and overwhelmed, you got to cut it out. Think about what your main goals are. Like if your goal is just to show up to the gym, you already know what you need to do. You don't need YouTube. You don't need social media. You just need to go to the gym. If you want to get stronger, we want to pick some basic movements. We want to increase the weight over time. If we want to build muscle, you want to make sure that you're, you know, doing a few more sets, right? We need to do at least 10 sets, I would say, per muscle or per movement. And then don't worry so much about perfect form, okay? If something hurts, if it doesn't feel right, then yeah, we need to take a step back and possibly do a different exercise or at least a different variation of the, that exercise. But if something's not hurting and you, you kind of know like, okay, it's close enough, but it's not perfect, I don't think you need to sweat it so much. Of course, if you really want help with form and making sure that you're moving efficiently and putting your body in a good position, hiring an in-person coach is a great help with that because a qualified in-person coach is going to have a lot of visual knowledge and a lot of knowledge of these different cues and they can really make a big difference even with just a few little tweaks. So if you're really concerned, I definitely encourage you to think about that. As a little side note, if you live in Chicago, I do offer in-person training. I train out of a gym downtown. You don't need a membership. You only pay me for the sessions. So that's an option as well. If you're interested, I'll drop a link in the show notes. 
So let's move on to the second part of overthinking, which is this sense of fear or anxiety that, you know, I'm not doing what's optimal or maybe what I'm doing is dangerous. And we're trying to control our results and control the future by worrying about every single detail. So this is something that I struggled with a lot toward the end of my music career. I was kind of in a bad place. I had some issues with my playing that I was struggling to fix. For example, I struggled with um, breathing and I struggled with like loud sustained playing, which of course is very connected to breathing. If you're a brass player, you know what I mean. And I was just so self-conscious about it. I was constantly trying different tweaks and tools and worrying about it. And then like when it was time to play and perform, I'd get so anxious that my breathing would just be really shallow and, you know, I would sound like shit. And I just got really in my head about it and I was worried about it. Like, how am I going to play in an orchestra someday if I can't play these loud, long passages? And it was a really frustrating place to be. So we can get ourselves into a similar quandary in fitness. A lot of times, again, it's tied toward this fear of like injury, um, sometimes toward just a fear of wasting time. First of all, we just can't. There are a lot of things that we can't control and we kind of have to accept that. One thing that I like to remind myself and my clients of is that you might make mistakes along the way. Maybe there's some wasted time. You know, maybe you have an injury, hopefully not at the gym, <laughs> but injuries in life happen. Like freak accidents are absolutely going to happen. And what we need is to just focus on what's kind of within our control. So worrying about these things ahead of time doesn't stop them from happening necessarily. Again, because so much of it is totally outside of our control. So what can we control? We can control our effort. We can control showing up consistently. And if we are really uncertain about something, we have the power to reach out and ask for help from a professional, from a fitness professional whose job it is to understand these things and make sense of them for you. If you're a busy, creative person, like you have a lot of things to worry about and you're absolutely an expert in some areas, but you're, you can't be an Nobody can be an expert in everything. This is a message for myself as much as anyone else, right? So if you really need help, like you have the power to ask for it. But in all likelihood, you're probably doing most things good enough to at least take it to the next step or see progress or at the very least just have that consistent exercise habit that's going to pay big dividends for you. Worrying about all this stuff is only going to keep you out of the gym because it's not going to be fun when you're fucking stressed out about every little thing nitpicking things, worrying that you're doing more more harm than good. Um, it just doesn't make you want to go to the gym. So the ultimate goal of me, the ultimate goal, excuse me, that I have with my clients, especially my creative clients, is to help people build really sustainable movement practices. So that means, yes, not doing things that are like super, super risky. Okay. I wouldn't have someone go in and perform Olympic lifts like a snatch if they're new to working out and they're a musician, like it doesn't make sense. But also figuring out like, how can I continue to show up through seasons that are really busy, through seasons when I'm stressed out? You know, how can I dial it back a little bit without totally falling off the wagon? Those are the types of things that you should worry about. Don't worry about the perfect plan or doing things perfectly or whether or not you're going to um, end up down the road and think like, man, I wish I followed this other plan from this, in, in, you know, Instagram influencer. Okay. There are a lot of things that you could worry about in fitness. There are a lot of things that might be important for professional athletes or professional bodybuilders that just are not relevant for the regular person who just wants to look and feel good and be healthy. 
if you go down this internet rabbit holes and you worry that um, something's going to go wrong or you try to control all the uncontrollables, you're just going to drive yourself nuts. And then, you know, you won't be able to build a lifelong fitness practice if it sucks all the fun out of it. Like there has to be some level of enjoyment. So we don't, we just don't want to go down that path. So again, a lot of this comes down to sort of trusting that you're probably doing most things okay. And if you're not, um, you really have a sense that you're not, then you should ask for help. It also comes down to trusting that you're more resilient than you realize. So if you are to get hurt or you are to make uh, some mistakes or waste some time, it doesn't mean that you're doomed forever. You can absolutely bounce back from these things. You can handle the fallout. You're a strong and resilient person, both mentally and physically. So I want to wrap this up here. If you're someone who struggles with overthinking at the gym, you need to um, dial back your consumption of information for sure. We want to make sure that we know what's most important, which is really not that many things. If you're not sure, like, please, please send me a DM and I'm happy to give you a simple answer for your goals, what's most important. But for most people, it's just going to be literally showing up to the gym, mastering some simple full body exercises and trying to get stronger and do more sets over time. Like that's it. You don't need to have perfect form. If something hurts, don't do it. Um, If you really have no idea what you're doing, you know, you can hire a in-person coach to help you, but you don't have to have perfect form. Um, If you don't have perfect form, it doesn't mean you're going to break all your bones or, you know, end up in chronic pain. Like you're a lot more resilient. So there's a lot more wiggle room than you realize. Um, And then thinking less about like individual body parts, thinking more in terms of these external cues. So, um, you know, jump so you hit your head on the ceiling. Um, At the top of a push-up, you could think reach your hands through the floor. For a deadlift, I like to just cue people, just push. Someone's in the bottom of the deadlift and I yell push, like they're going to do a good job with that deadlift. These are the types of things we want in our head instead of like, oh, did I feel my left hamstring or my right shoulder feels, you know, so-and-so. Get You want to get away from that because that will drive you nuts and it does not help your performance. And then lastly, we just need to accept that a lot of things are not in our control and that's, there's nothing that we can do about that. And worrying and obsessing and ruminating over finding the perfect program or the perfect approach is actually going to do more harm than good because it's going to suck the fun out of training and it's going to keep you out of the gym. What I want is for you to be in the gym, moving, doing the things that you can handle within the context of your busy, creative life. So I hope this was helpful. I know that this is a really easy place to get trapped in, like especially in certain parts of the arts world. Like again, I struggled with this in music and it sort of bled into fitness. So I totally understand, but there is a path forward and you can have more freedom and more enjoyment out of your training if you can just let go of some of the stuff, trust and show up and do the work. As always, if you have questions about this episode, I know I said this a bunch this week, but if something's unclear or you want to talk, like I love talking to you guys. I always respond to DMs. My handle at Instagram, on Instagram rather, is at Caroline Juster. You can send me a message there or you can find me on Facebook. It's just my name, Caroline Juster, or my biz page, Caroline Juster Fitness. You can also message me there if you're not on Instagram. And if you have requests for a future episode or anything you would love for me to cover, go ahead and send those over as well. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. 
I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,